folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast, where we cut through the bias and extremism in order to find common ground that could bring us together. I'm Sense. And I'm Theory. And boy, is that a tough job this week. That's right. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about the same thing we talked about <laughs> last week because it has absolutely dominated the news, headlines, national conversations, social media, um, and we got kind of caught up in the middle of it, yeah. releasing our show on a Thursday when we record on a Sunday, and a lot has happened since then. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we. I mean, I guess we had the good fortune for our episode to air the day that they all went and testified in front of Congress. Yeah, and I and I sat and watched that testimony uh, most of the day. I had some meetings and stuff I had to go attend, um, but I did. I I I watched and and everything I said on the show the yeah. week before came true. Yeah. Um, nothing happened. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 tough to say that nothing happened. I mean, it. it but does it advance things like meaningfully? No, I mean. It definitely created a bigger divide. I mean, now you've got people who believed Ford going into those hearings. Her testimony absolutely reinforced that. People who believe Kavanaugh going into those hearings, his testimony absolutely reinforced them. And and that's exactly what I mean by by nothing happened. I right. mean, what did happen was uh, poor Christine Blassie Ford was forced to uh, unload in front of all those people. You know this this baggage that she's carried on her shoulder for years. Um, she, she was traumatized by it and, and Kavanaugh had to go and, uh, you know, whether you believe he's an innocent man defending himself or a guilty man lying, um, you know, had to look like a jackass in front of <laughs> yeah. the entire nation. So, um, yeah, when I say nothing happened, I just mean we're, we're largely in the same place we were before that hearing happened. Oh, we're, I mean, we're absolutely in the same place that we were. Uh, there was no... Uh, new shocking uh, revelations that Ford offered nothing else to corroborate her story. Uh, Kavanaugh, uh, you know, <laughs> calendar aside, I mean, you know, he presented his calendar, but that, you know, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. So it, it, it is in the exact same place, uh, except now, I guess you could say we're going to have this FBI investigation for a week. But again, I mean, I think, I think we even get to the end of that and are largely the same place that we were when we went to bed Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, on our on, on our last week's show, I said, well, what good is an FBI investigation going to do? So they're going to go question people, and they'll dig, and, you know, heck, maybe they uncover some some smoking gun. Maybe they uncover some new testimony. I don't have a problem with an, an investigation. Right. Um, in fact... Towards the towards the end of the hearing, I was like, I was just frustrated, and I was like, well, just either pull him or investigate. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? If neither of those things happen, I'd be I'd be uh, you know a little upset. Um, but I could see how what what I came out of this with was like I could see how Republicans. I won't even say Republicans because I don't think this should be along party lines. I could see how people who who defend Kavanaugh would have been reinforced by it, and I can mm -hmm. see how people who defend uh, Christine would be uh reinforced by it. Well, what about like what about you? I you know, I was at work that day. So basically what I was doing is I was kind of following along um you know, online looking at like news articles as they popped up. A couple places like National Review and Vox and stuff, they have like uh, curated Twitter feeds. So you know, they have various people kind of reacting and you can just see them in the speed, which is kind of, you know, in a way it's kind of helpful if you're stuck at work and can't watch something like right. that. Right. And then if something like 
you know, seemed really interesting, then I would go and see if there was a clip of it online. But, you know, largely I didn't get to watch it. So you got to watch it as it happened. How did Ford's testimony impact you? Ford's testimony. So the first thing that struck me was I felt like she was completely credible. And I think everyone has said that. Uh, even some of the the right wing talking heads that I wouldn't expect, you know, that I would oh, expect yeah. to just absolutely lambaste her said, no, she she seems very credible. Um, I don't, you know, I didn't get the feeling like she was lying. There were some points of the testimony where, like, she was being asked questions about her memory and she was mm-hmm. checking her notes. Yeah, and that really bugged me. I felt like if if she was recalling memory. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be looking off a page, but you right. know it's nitpicky, well, and plus, she was know, clearly nervous. She was terrified. Yeah, I was going to say you're also on the spot in front of everybody. Anxiety, not to mention you know if she's, under penalty of perjury. Yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I'd like I'd like someone under penalty of perjury though to be recalling, and that's and that's on <laughs> top of making a rape allegation. You know what I'm saying? In addition to all that, other right? Thing. But yeah. like I said, she was terrified. Um, you know, I get it. I. I didn't, I didn't catch anything really weird. I mean, I guess the part of the testimony where she's talking about, you know, how she got to and from the party, that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some questions about how she got her attorney. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it, it came out, I wasn't aware. I don't think that the, the, you know, the democratic party hooked her up with their attorney. Yeah, well, Feinstein had recommended the attorneys that ended up representing her. And that really became interesting when uh, Grassley, you know, or somebody asked her, you know, you know that we would have come to you. You didn't have to come out here to Washington. And she seemed to not know that. Right. Which is interesting because it's a matter of record that Grassley sent multiple letters to her attorney saying we will go to her. Right. So it does kind of raise a question of why would the Democratic attorneys not let her know that she could have done that in the comfort of I don't think it raises home. the question. I think it answers yeah. the question, well, right? Well. I mean, it it speaks to the idea that uh, the Democratic Party has used her as a pawn to yeah. their political advantage. Yeah, whether she's, whether she's right or not. not. Exactly. Right, right, right. They have absolutely used her as a pawn Um you know, to their political advantage. And, and that's a travesty to me. And, mm-hmm. and really, you know, through this whole, this whole testimony, that's what <laughs> the big picture, that's what struck me, you know, let's yeah. throw out the talk of rape and, and the conversation for, for women moving forward for a second. And I largely agree with, you know, lots of those arguments that, that, you know, people should be held accountable and stuff. Right, right. Um, how we do that is important to me, but, but the macro conversation I was having in my head was about how disgusted I was with both the Democratic Party mm-hmm. and the Republicans part, Republican Party's behavior. And I think that all kind of came to a head for me was watching the vote, um, the initial vote to move it out of committee or something. I don't remember yeah. exactly the specifics of what they were voting on, but it came out flat across party lines. 11 yeah. Republicans, 10 Democrats. And I put my head in my hands and I'm like, dude, if y'all can watch this and and you're still voting along party lines. This has nothing to do with justice. Yeah. This has nothing to do with truth. How can it? Yeah. It has to do with party lines. And the people who stand with Christine are Democrats, and the people who stand with Kavanaugh are Republicans. And I'm sitting there going like, "Well, Christine made a pretty damn good case." And and, I, right. and in fact, I I started uh, getting on on the the Facebook group, the Sense and Theory Facebook group, and uh-huh. and start you know typing rants about it. And and one of our listeners pushed back and said, "Well, have you heard Kavanaugh's 
you know, Kavanaugh's yeah, testimony. Yet, Kavanaugh yet. And I yeah. hadn't, you know, I'd yeah, been yeah. in a meeting all day and I'd just gotten back. So I flip it on and I start watching Kavanaugh, right? And and Kavanaugh's like on the verge of tears. Mm-hmm. And he is an angry man defending himself from what appears to be false allegations, yeah, you know, yeah. and he's caught up in all this emotion and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're mad. I had I had problems with Kavanaugh's testimony, too. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, he he evaded questions, you know, yeah. like in a, like a good well, attorney. Should. One of the things before before we get too far away from Ford, one of the things that did irk me was the way the, the whole prosecutor thing went down. Like it was it was a disaster. And and I mean that like she what ended up happening was because of the format, the prosecutor that they brought in to question her so that you didn't have a bunch of old men asking this woman about, you know, they didn't the Republicans were worried about the optics, so they brought this lady in. So what ends up happening is she's only got five minutes and she's asking like deposition questions, like establishing questions and stuff. Sure. And she never gets to like the pointed <laughs> questions that needed to be asked. Right. You in know fact, what I mean? The first time she, she, you saw the surprise on her face when, you know, he cuts her off. He's like, yeah. it's for your five minutes is up. She's like, uh, uh, Oh <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the Democrats are over there just doing what they normally do. They're grandstanding on every question. We're not even like really getting questions for Ford, like that are actually like pointed towards, her story and stuff. It's just more like patting on the back and victory lapping and stuff like that. So, I mean, I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, somebody ask her like, you know, you, you absolutely don't recall what year this was. You can tell us exactly how you got out of the house, but you don't remember how you got home. You know what I mean? Like I would have liked to have seen those questions. I get that. Cause like, I'm, I'm the type of guy, I don't have any kind of like sequential memory. You know, I can't, I can remember things that happened in high school, but I can't tell you if they happen in, you know, ninth grade or 10th grade. And yeah, and I know. get it from my dad. My dad's the same way. He just has no sequential memory. It's like, yeah, that happened. So, like, I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't see it really nailing her on anything. Well, I, man, I have a hard time believing she doesn't know what year. Really? And there, yeah. You're, and but you're, some... you have the brain of an encyclopedic steel trap. Well, like, Fair you enough. go back so and, think, and remember dates and times and you, right. know, you connect the things. You're like, well, this happened the day before. We were just talking last night and you said, yeah. well, I remember because, you know, I got a paycheck like this. And like, you know, you had yeah. all these these tools to to, <laughs> to put your memory into well, focus. So what I'm saying I don't is, possess those. I think, well, and I think we're extremes. I think the average person is somewhere in the middle. Sure. And again, you know, like we said last week about our party, you know, hypothetical or whatever, we weren't raped. I got a feeling that if you get raped and you can remember the details of it intimately, you remember what year it was. Maybe so. You know what I mean? And so so here's well, the deal. Here, Wait a minute. Th- that's not even the point. Whether or not she can answer those questions doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't asked. The idea was to see how she responded to being asked. Right? I, I get that. Here, here's something I'd throw back at you, though. And and again, I'm I'm probably an extreme example, but I got hit by a giant rock. Mm-hmm. When when I was a kid, yeah. I couldn't tell you what year that happened. It was without... 1999. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this for a fact? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I ended up in a wheelchair. But my point is, like, that was incredibly traumatic. Um, I guess, and I guess if if push, I could I could think back. Okay, that was my freshman year, and you know, do the math mm-hmm. and stuff. It would take me some time and some effort. I could well, figure it it's out. Been, I mean, yeah, it it take you some time and some effort. I mean, you're talking about ten minutes. She's That's been true. talking about this since 2012, right? To her therapist, 2002, to her husband. She's 
And I would have liked to have seen some questioning about, you know, the the inner therapist. In the therapist notes, she said there were four people in the room. Right. You know what I mean? So, like... And there were some questions about the number of people, and that changed. You know, she she was not solid. I have no idea if this thing happened or not. It's it's not about that. I'm not trying to, like, crack her story wide open. What I'm saying is, is Chris Wallace, who's on Fox News, comes back after Ford testifies, and he's like, this is a disaster for the Republicans. And it's because... That prosecutor thing went so horribly. Like, so when we flip it over to Kavanaugh's testimony and we see the Democrats like going at him, which by the way, they're still, they're, they're out there trying to debate the secret codes in a 15 year old's yearbook. But anyway, (laughs) uh, when they're going at him and stuff, all that fodder that we're talking about now with Kavanaugh, that was never going to happen with Ford because of the prosecutor. Right. I I don't think they had any choice, honestly. I mean, you go back to the Anita Hill uh, questioning the, the needle Hill testimony and, and they leveled, you know, all sorts of accusations about it, you know, 11 white guys in a room and, and they were prepared to do it this time. In fact, I heard plenty of threads on Twitter and, uh, I'm sure I read some articles that said, you know, Oh, these Republicans are going to put this poor woman in front of, you know, 11 old white men. They couldn't do that. You know, yeah. the, I, what, well, what choice do they have? It's damned if you do damned if you don't. No, I, th- I think they couldn't. I think that's like a lesson that society needs to learn at large is look at what happened here. They were confronted with the optics of, you know, old men questioning this woman. And it was going to look terrible and da-da-da-da-da. And it was. So instead of running from it and getting a prosecutor, bringing the prosecutor in and having the prosecutor do that stuff, do it responsibly. Don't don't go over and start lobbing accusations at her, but just ask her meaningful questions in a respectful way. And if you take heat for it, we'll talk about that afterwards. But it didn't go in. What you did certainly didn't work for you, did it? I mean, no, it didn't. But you know? I, I think that's. I think it's being a little idealistic because you saw how those Republican senators behaved. You know, none of they were all unhinged through the, no. through the whole thing. I mean, they were angry and upset, and I don't think they would have been able to See, withhold that. I'm saying that doesn't get fixed by doing what they did. You know what I'm saying? As a society, if we run from things like that and we take the easy way out then those old men aren't learning that it's not okay to be unhinged like that towards somebody. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to find the compromise between the position that says you can't assault somebody or, you know, you can't verbally harangue somebody for trying to come forward and, and, you know, make a rape allegation, but also we're not going to run away and coddle. We're going to ask questions that matter so we can get to the bottom of it and make sure that it's truthful. Well, and all they did, all they did was run from it. Yeah. In a perfect world. I'd love to see that. Um, I just, I think for everyone in that room, uh, Democrat or Republican, they're so tied up in the party and what it means and what it means for the future and the strategy of it. Um, I don't think they're able to divest anymore. And I think, I think that is a, a symptom of the larger problem of, of the division that we talk about so much, you know, the partisanship and stuff, when it gets to this level, you know, we've said it a hundred times where on one side you're saying, if Kavanaugh's appointed, uh, you know, women are going to die. And on the other side, you're saying, Oh, well, they're just baby murderers, this, that, and the other. Um, I don't think people involved can ever divest themselves. Like it's, it's not going to happen until, (laughs) until we decide, Look, we're not going to support you. And that's what this came to for me. I got real upset towards the end of this thing and was like, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to co-sign either of these people. They're both 
travesties of, of you know, they're horrible slimeball politicians. I won't vote Democrat. I won't vote Republican. And if you run with an R&D next to your name, yeah, out of here. No, I, th- I think you may be right. I mean, I think, you know, I, it, it even it even to me, it, it it's gotten to the point where the, the credibility is, is gone. It's almost impossible to assume the best of intentions about anybody who's in Washington. Because think about this. The, as soon as Trump named Kavanaugh, uh, I don't know how many uh, Democratic senators, and, and in fact, I think every Democratic senator that's on the Judicial Committee within a day did this press conference on the on the steps of Congress where they were like, we're, we're going to oppose Kavanaugh. We're going to fight him with everything that we got. So why do we even have a confirmation process? And everything that you say in the confirmation hearing, to me, is just junk. Because, like, that's not – you're not there – because – this isn't for us to decide. This isn't for the American people to, to you know, get to know Kavanaugh and all that stuff. Supposedly, they're sitting in there asking pointed questions of a candidate to determine whether they think he is good or bad, and the results of his answers are going to influence that. But if it's already decided ahead of time... Well, and it was. Then, you saw yeah. where the votes landed, and, and, it, and it was. It was largely a circus mm-hmm. um, to garner support for either side. Yeah. And, and I'm not... It it was it didn't work on me. Right. Um, it it had the effect of of disillusioning me and turning me off altogether of either side. And and I, and I'm done. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm done after this. It's like if if y'all it, the big thing to me. I expected after watching the testimony all the pretty much all the way through. You know, I missed missed some parts. Um, I wholeheartedly expected some Democrats to come over mm. and some Republicans. To come over. I expected it to be this thing where like, oh, well, I was convinced, you know, because they were both very convincing. Oh, but I'm the idealist, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of shocking because yeah. um, Kavanaugh's testimony, man, I, it it was weird. You know, like I was talking about, he he was choking back tears. He kept mm-hmm. making these uh, these little ticks with his nose and I couldn't tell what was going on. I was like, has this guy been snorting cocaine all morning? Like what's, <laughs> what's going on here? So there were some weird things with, with Kavanaugh's testimony, but largely I think the anger that he felt looked like the anger from an innocent man being falsely accused. Yeah. And then you had on Twitter, people come out and go, Oh, there's the, you know, there's the toxic masculinity on display. Dude, one of the, one of the things that, that bugged me more than anything about this was the idea. I've seen so many people come out and say, if a woman had done that, she'd be called hysterical and then turn around and say, Kavanaugh is not fit to be a judge. He's shown that he doesn't have the temperament. for." It. So, all right. So what you're saying is if a woman got upset like that, you would say that she doesn't have the temperament to be a Supreme Court judge, correct? Because she's, she's being hysterical. hysterical. <laughs> so what comparison are you making? I and and the yeah, and the idea that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a right to be upset or him being upset, I saw this too. Him being upset is uh, you know, it's just entitlement uh privilege. He's upset because he's being held to account and stuff. I'll be honest, you can read it that way. I think uh, you can read it that way. It, 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 of course, you're only going to choose to read it that way if you're you, a card-carrying Democrat, though. I mean, I mean, to say that you can read, I mean, because he's angry. If, yeah, if you take well, out, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. He's, he's what is unique to that? He's that would a not judge. Be present. He's, he's supposed to be, um, you know, he's supposed to be even keeled. No, under pressure. At no point have we ever said that when judges are accused of something, they're supposed to be even keeled. In fact, <laughs> we have a recusal process. 
And that's for when a case comes up that a judge is emotionally invested in, they recuse themselves because we know that it's hard to do. That's a good no, point. Nobody said that judges are robots. Nobody. Yeah. And, and the idea that we did is ridiculous. I mean, that, that, you know, I saw Ezra Klein at, at Vox. He was, or yeah, Ezra Klein. He was, he was making that case hard, and he was like, you know, clearly he doesn't have the temperament to be a judge and stuff. And it's like, do you, do you think he's going to face a lot of rape, personal rape allegations as a Supreme Court justice? You think that's going to come up a lot, Ezra? Like, I, you know, it, to me, to take this and say that he can't decide whether or not, uh, you know, a Fourth Amendment violation is constitutional or not, you know what I mean? That, right. it's, it's apples and oranges, man. I, I, I get where you're coming. I can see it. I can see it both ways. I mean, I would... I would expect the guy to be prepared. On the other hand, if I was having my life's work ripped away from me at the last minute by false al- allegations, yeah. I would be real mad, dude. Yeah. I would be real mad. And especially when those rapid fire questions keep coming that are the same thing. You know, they're asking him about whether he's been blackout drunk. He's been asked eight times. He's responded eight times. Yeah. And then uh, Globachar, you know, hits him with it again and he he starts his answer with no. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then she asks asks him again as if he didn't just answer it. You know? yeah, yeah. And he fires back the, have you been blackout drunk? Do you <laughs> like beer? Like that was a very human, human moment. And people are using that as, like you said, you know, as a cut. So I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> that's, that's the messed up thing about this whole process is and maybe it's because I'm a Libra. Y'all can make fun of me for, you know, <laughs> for, for the horoscope signs. Do it, do what you will beans. But uh, you know, I see both sides of it, and that's what makes this so hard, and that's what that's what leaves me with my head in my hands that that no one else can. Yeah. You know, that's what hurts me the most about this. Um, in the big picture, you know, yeah. barring barring the allegations and whether it happened or not, um, is that no one really swayed. Well, Flake ended up swaying. Yeah, you know, that was cool. Um, but everyone was just and and everyone in the in the world. Everyone on my Facebook feed, everyone on my Twitter feed are are taking these hardline stances and refusing to acknowledge the possibility of other things going on. Well, you know, that's that's ultimately like why I decided when I got home that night not to watch it in its entirety, because I knew that that what's going to happen is, is all it's going to do is you say you can see both sides and that's because you can take that that emotional test if you get emotional testimony from two people who are telling opposing stories you can make either of those fit any narrative mm. you know what i mean like you can make it fit so like i wasn't i me i'm and you know you tease me all the time about being facts driven and all that stuff all i'm worried about is the facts so like the the look in Kavanaugh's eyes you know it's like i told you last night out on the porch I've seen someone who could tell you that the sky was yellow and you'd buy it. (laughs) And I've also met people who couldn't get convinced you that the sky was blue. So like, to me, I'm more worried about, you know, what is there to back her up? And I'm not based on what I've seen to this point. I'm not ready to say that it did or did not happen. I have no idea. But what I am saying is in the absence of that, the presumption of innocence is what we normally go with. Right. You know what I mean? So like that, that's all it's, it's not that I'm arguing for Kavanaugh. I'm actually, you know, I, I said last week that, uh, I had this theory about how Roberts would moderate if Kavanaugh got onto the court and stuff. And I, you know, I hope to God, if that's what ends up happening, that Roberts moderates and stuff, but I'm still very concerned about the fact that, you know, Kavanaugh is not the best friend of fourth amendment rights. I personally don't want 
a hard partisan court because actually one of the times that I'm not, you know, least fond of the Supreme Court was when uh, FDR packed it back in the 30s and 40s. I mean, I don't think a court that hard swings either left or right serves us at all. Yeah, I tend to. You know what I mean? So like, so no, Kavanaugh's appointment bothers me. It's just that by the book, I can't find nothing wrong with it. Well, and and let's look what happens if, if Democrats get their way here. And and Kavanaugh's pulled. Right. Who's next in line? Oh, Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, it's a woman though, right? Yeah, no, it's a woman. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for Democrats, um, she is much more strict about abortion, and her she and is, she's very religious she is as well. Very right? religious, and you know, you can. She's going to make the case that her religious her religion doesn't inform her her rulings and stuff. Yeah, wait till gay marriage is sitting. That's going to be a whole thing in and of itself. Because yeah, she's she's much more religious than Kavanaugh. You know, one of the things that Beans pointed out last uh, week, and I don't know if it ended up making it into a segment or or whatever, is that Kavanaugh and Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland is who Obama tried to appoint. You know, the Republicans held that up. The Democrats feel like they stole the seat and all. So, well, they they stole the seat. They stole the seat. Um, uh, Kavanaugh and Merrick Garland uh, agree in like ninety seven percent of their rulings. Ninety seven percent. I mean, there's a question about how Kavanaugh is going to rule on abortion. Now, I say there's a question because in again, like what I can prove, what I can show you, I cannot say that he will absolutely rule against Roe versus Wade. He probably will. Yeah, you know, but I cannot tell you for certain that that's what you know. But that's that 3%. You know what I mean? Uh, largely, he is Merrick Garland. Amy Coney Barrett is not Merrick Garland. You know what I mean? And 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 the other thing that bothers me about if, if Kavanaugh gets pulled is that this is where the bar is now. Right. This is where the bar is. And people got upset about that because I think uh, what Lindsey Graham had said something about that. Kavanaugh himself referenced it. Lindsey Graham said, surprised me. I, I actually enjoyed that, his... People said that Lindsey Graham was threatening to have fake accusations come forward and stuff. And, I, you know, I mean, take it that way if you want. It's not a threat. It's just saying, look, if if this is where the bar is, man, this is what you've left yourself open to. Right. Yeah. If If next time around, someone can just say... Hey, this happened to me, and the whole process grinds to a halt, yep. and and the nation grinds to a halt. It's it's what's going to happen, especially if the narrative stays. You know, it's life and death. Right. Um, you know, yep. you're fighting Nazis and fascists. Mm-hmm. So so, what do you have to gain from making false accusations? Well, <laughs> you stop the murder of women. Yeah. You stop the fascist regime. You put yourself on the cogs of the Nazi machine. Yeah. Uh, plus, you know, as we see with Christine, I think she's got over a million dollars in uh gofundme <laughs> donations so yeah far. no she's up she's up to nine hundred thousand. the gofundme it, it doesn't bother me because whether or not she's telling the truth that gofundme is going to be there somebody's going to you know this that's the age we live in right but the idea that she has nothing to gain right it, but I'll, here's the thing i know Dem- i can't remember the article i wish i had collected it for the show i read an article that said you know democratic senator or, or uh, attorneys have told people We'll set you up a GoFundMe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's part of the negotiations and stuff. Right, right. That bothers me. If 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 the Democratic Party has a machine built that can that can propagate a GoFundMe um, throughout the internet and and gather donations just based on the the network that they've created, yeah. that's leverage to get people 
to, to make false accusations. You're, say, you're saying it's a little bit different than if you or I set up a GoFundMe, right? I, oh, they, it's hugely they're, they're different. They're hooked into a network. They're of hooked who, into who, a who network. Give money. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And all they have to do is send out their email to their you know 10 million donor list and and say, ah, oh, we're fighting the machine. Donate to this. Right. And boom, it fills up to a million dollars in three days. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not okay with me at all. Yeah, I hadn't um, really thought about that. Because that's the messaging point. there. It allows you to say, "Look, fight, 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 do whatever it takes," um, and then and then someone comes forward with with some random nonsense, and the attorneys are going to coach them uh, and figure out how to make it all work. I mean, we in, in Ford's testimony that was really interesting to me. All the questions about um, you know who paid for the polygraph, right. um, you know who set up your attorneys' meetings and stuff. That stuff's really important to me. And do you I think, think it, you think you wouldn't remember if you paid for a polygraph or not six weeks later? Oh, I'd remember. You you don't think you yeah, don't if I wrote a check for it, I used my credit card, you know. Of <laughs> course I would remember who paid for the but but to me, see, so there are two separate conversations going on here. There's a conversation about whether Christine is correct, whether whether it actually happened. Mm-hmm. That's not the conversation I'm interested in because I don't think we'll ever know. It was 35 right. years ago. Right. The other conversation that that was, you know, the macro conversation here for me was the conversation about the behavior of the Democratic Party and mm-hmm. and you know the, the 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 behavior of the Republican Party. And I think I think that stuff speaks to it. Yeah, I think yeah. it does. Um, I think the airplane questions. Um, speak to it. You know, the, the Democratic mouthpieces were saying, well, Miss Blassie Ford can't come testify because she's deathly afraid of flying in airplanes. Yeah. And then Miss Prosecutor asks, well, <laughs> did you take a vacation to here? Yeah. Did you, you know, do you fly around for flies, business constantly? She flies for, uh, to see her family every Christmas or something, or Thanksgiving or something so, like that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think questions like that really illustrate or should illustrate to people who are paying attention and watching what's going on. Is the Does the Democratic Party at this point, care whether she was raped or not? I don't think so. No, I don't I either. think if, if it was a false allegation that was taken to them, would they have investigated and cared? No. I think if well, they could spin it into whatever they want, they would have. Well, look at the fact that the, the letter got out to begin with, right? So that was something that came up during the hearing, too, is that, you know, we're talking about about six people who had access to the letter, and there's Feinstein's team, and then there's, you know, Miss Ford and her friends. Miss Ford, you know, Felt reasonably certain that her friends didn't sell her out to like the Washington Post and stuff, right? And then Feinstein and them are just like, ah, oh, well, it wasn't us. I guess, I guess, I ain't did it. You know what I mean? Like, like who did it then? You know, there was a really interesting part when Feinstein was being questioned um, that I couldn't find any reporting on. I clearly remember it happened. She was asked about the leaks, and she said something like, "I don't know. I haven't talked to my team about the leaks." And one of her team leans leans forward and whispers in her ear. You 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 talked to you talked to us about that like you yeah. did you asked us about that yeah. and the commentator mentioned it and then I went back to look for it I couldn't find it you know of course eight hours of testimony or something it was yeah darn hard to find but that was really telling to me too it was like well maybe she's you know if she's not being honest and her team is like yeah. is correcting her right there on the spot then. Of course, someone leaked it. Yeah. You know why wouldn't they? No, the optics I, I, needed to happen. It, I think this absolutely. I think that there's no question. Hopefully, that people can agree on, if nothing else. And I think, unfortunately, that's that kind of gets lost in everything. But that they have absolutely manipulated this one. Like, like I said, to me, the whole idea of her not even knowing she could have done that at home was heartbreaking in a sense, especially with how terrified she was. Right. Right. 
And and then, you know, what what gets me is like the dishonesty. You know, I mentioned the thing about, you know, Kavanaugh not being allowed to be emotional or whatever. But, you know, again, going back to what motivation could she possibly have and stuff. And again, I'm not trying to impugn her character, but all these think pieces are coming out of the left. And that is one of the like just slam home points. Like what motivation could she possibly have? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, it came out, I think, yesterday or today that uh, there was a accusation against Kavanaugh that the Senate committee received last week about an incident in Rhode Island that they figured out is complete bunk. There were there were at least two. And then, not to mention, there were the two guys mysteriously that they were talking about Thursday that was saying that they thought that they had an incident with Dr. Ford that she was thinking about. Yep. And, that, you know, she had wrongly identified Kavanaugh and stuff. As far as we know, those were complete bunk. When politics is ratcheted up to this level, when it's at a fever pitch, when when there is a fascist in the White House, or when uh, you know social justice warriors are trying to put chemicals in the water to turn all the frogs gay, <laughs> people are going. Did you not think that was going to take hold when Michael Moore said we got to put our bodies on the line? Did you not think that was going to impact people? Right. I would not be surprised at all. If people felt motivated to do whatever they could to stop this from careening well, over the edge, well, people have felt motivated to to send death threats to both sides. Right, you've got to have them escorted by by armed security. Yeah, there are people out there who are willing to say, "I will murder you and your family if you don't shut up." And and do I think those are like paid Republican operatives? No, I think they're crazy people out in the world that yeah. that have gotten so emotionally invested in this um, that they're just ready to snap. And I. I think this speaks to I think this speaks all the way across the lines to school shootings and yeah. why people are are so angry and why we're you know why we're violent and and why people are so uh you know feel worthless and 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 depressed and you know it's it's this yeah it's this it's this it's this this fever pitch it's this this drive to be angry and 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 pick a team and choose outraged. a side and yeah. and be outraged I mean who death threats man yeah. Death threats yeah. to 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 Christine Blasey Ford. Death threats to her and her family. Death threats to Brett Kavanaugh's family. Yeah. What's going on, dude? Yeah. I mean, even even if everything that you thought about them was true, a death threat? Like like who? I mean, you you got to question like where you're at at that point. Like, and I know some of these people were. You know, just loons, man. I mean, some of those people are are just out there. You might whatever. expect one or two, but, but, but from I what think, I understand, this is a large number. Yeah, it's not think, just a couple. I think there are people who are who are actually generally good people who have just lost it. They they've been this atmosphere, this climate of the last hell, even twenty years, has pushed them over the edge. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they don't bear responsibility. They absolutely bear responsibility. Get your shit together. But at the same time. It, it, we are creating it. We are creating it by by making things life and death every day. People can't. You cannot live like that, right? I mean, think about you know soldiers in war. You can only go so long before you got to rotate out. And this is much less. But but in the same sense, you can't wake up every morning thinking that if Trump does this or if the Senate does that. Life as we know it is going to come to a full stop. Right. You know what I mean? You can't before you just snap. Hell, I'm about to snap. So now we're looking at an FBI investigation into the 
intricacies of Brett Kavanaugh's yearbook and <laughs> yes, boofing and devil's triangles and everything else. And I want to be clear, uh, Brett Kavanaugh absolutely lied about what boofing is. <laughs> I don't care if there's an Urban Dictionary uh, entry from a year ago that says boofing is farting. That's not true. Boofing is getting high by sticking drugs up your butt. Yeah, And I know this because I was intimately involved in the rave culture uh, back in high school, and I knew people. Yeah, apparently, who very boofed. intimately. Yeah. <laughs> Not that intimately. Let me tell you, I was I wasn't big into doing those <laughs> drugs myself, uh, but I saw plenty of other people who were. And yeah, bo- boofing is is sticking drugs up your butt, and 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 it was usually used, uh, you know, ecstasy instead of eating it. Yeah. Uh, it went around for a while that it was much better if you just plugged it. So I. I I, I get mean, these. I there's, mean, there's all and there's all kinds of claims. You know the devil's triangle thing. That is a male, male, female threesome. Everyone knows that. No, not necessarily. In fact, I can tell you right now, I have only ever heard it referred to as the Eiffel Tower. And, <laughs> and I'm just being straight up. So here's the deal: like, who am I to say what they referred to the devil's triangle is? I can think of three. In fact, you know what? I, I've got a good story for you. We were at a party one time, and a friend of ours, I can't remember if you were there, but a, a person we both know uh, was in, intoxicated, I believe, and he got real upset because he felt like everybody at the party had kind of turned on him, and he started saying, they're all clocking me, and he kept saying it over and over again. Everybody at the party had, no, or I'm sorry, nobody at the party had any idea what he was talking about. And it blew me away. I was like, you're clocking him. Like, yeah. you're, you're watching him. Like, yeah. you're keeping an eye on him. Yeah. But everybody at the party is like, what is he talking about? And I was just like, wow. You know, it, it flabbergasted me, right? Well, here's the thing. I've told that story because of other things that happened that night, like, you know, on down the line. And I still get a bunch of people who are like, what did he mean by clocking? <laughs> and it just it blew me away because I would have never thought nobody knew what clocking. So you think there's a possibility that not only uh, did they call boofing or farting boofing uh devil's triangle was actually a, a game they played with three shots i would have liked to seen more more questions asked like uh so it was important enough to to write in your yearbook would you what were the rules of the game would you because here's here's what i think about you know the devil's triangle and stuff um this was a senate confirmation hearing like i'm not worried about what a 15 year old wrote in his book and no what he wrote in that yearbook doesn't really have any bearing on whether or not he raped somebody. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because you're, I, you're I made right all about kinds that. of jokes when I was 15. But here's the thing. If if he is lying, if he's making stories up uh, because he believes those things will, will hurt him uh, in the eyes of the public, that's a problem to me. If it if it, if they were talking about sticking drugs up their butt, mm-hmm. I'd like him to say, "Yeah, we were talking about sticking drugs." Although you're right, it has so, nothing to do so it, with if they were sticking drugs up their butt. It doesn't mean he raped her. Fair if, enough. But let's let's talk about his emotional state for a minute. And, and don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I I advocate for the truth. I want you to tell the truth. But I also want to talk about the scenario that we're asking for for just a minute. At this point, Kavanaugh was supposed to go in there sit there fairly emotionless, you know what I mean? Like maybe some tears and stuff, but he definitely wasn't supposed to get angry, right? He was then supposed to admit that he got blackout drunk. He was supposed to admit that he shoved drugs up his butt. And he was supposed to admit that as a 15-year-old, he joked around about uh, doing the devil's triangle. And you think that all that stuff would have went better for him than what happened. 
No, it, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have went better for him because, in the eyes of the public, they would have crucified him. It, if he, he had might said as well, he one might as well time, not sat down. If he had said one time stuff. that he got blackout drunk, right? That would have been it because people would say, "Oh, so he got blackout drunk at least once." It was probably this night. Yeah. Now <laughs> let me ask you this individually: Does him ever getting blackout drunk in his life mean that he raped somebody or attempted to rape somebody? No, absolutely Does not. Does him joking around about the devil's triangle mean that he ever attempted no. to rape somebody? Does him raising his voice mean that he ever attempted to? See, that's what I'm getting at. None of that stuff really matters. So sure, if they put him on the spot and in that context, he told a lie and you want to nail him for it, fine. I get it. But, and, and it's, and it's all know, circus games and tricks. But, but the truth is it's not a, it's not a, a, a trial. It's, you know, these people are deciding whether right. he should be a good judge. So, yeah, those things do kind of factor into that decision. And, and they are more than welcome to factor that. But that's not how it's being held. It's being held as positive proof that he attempted to rape You're right about that. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. You know what I'm saying? I said last week, senators, factor it in. You know what I mean? They're not going to. They're going to vote along party they're gonna lines. They're going to vote along party lines. You know, yeah. and I'm going to tell you something else. When this FBI investigation wraps up, they're going to vote along party lines. If it doesn't, if they don't somehow come up with a smoking gun in, in either, you know, cause I think they're looking at Ramirez as well, right? The, yes. the second allegation, uh, if they don't come up with some kind of smoking gun, uh, it's nothing's going to change and everybody's going to vote along party lines. And in fact, and everyone's going to be real disgusted I've on got one lot, side. I've got a lot of reason to believe that they're not simply by virtue of the process, right? Because here's what, I feel like people don't understand, and I know them senators, I know those Democratic senators understand fully what this investigation is. It's not an investigation to start out with. It's basically another background check, like the one that they already gave him. And they're going to go and they're going to interview people, but their job isn't to uncover wrongdoing and find evidence and all that stuff. That, that is not the scope of what this is, what they've asked for. They've asked for another version of a background check, right. and that's what they're going to get. And so they're going to go to Kaiser, and they're going to go to Judge, and they're going to ask him some questions. They're going to take testimony that, bear in mind, I'm going to point out again, the Senate has the ability to investigate all this stuff right? and has been that's able to do it this saying. entire time. And they're going to give – you know, basically, I saw one person say – uh, the FBI is going to come back in a week and be like, uh, well, here's the testimony from the other day typed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like that's, that's basically what they're going to present them with. Ah, uh, it's ludicrous, man. I, I, I keep hoping that I, I want to see an FBI investigation. I think after watching the testimony, find out more, go talk to the people, you know, uh, old buddy who wrote the book, uh, judge, you know, I think judge should have been there. If we're going to do the circus, let's do the circus, right? Um, so, you know, I don't see any harm to come of it. I think you're probably right, but we may encounter some smoking gun. Yeah, we there may, might be they might uncover, uh, you know, who leaked. Uh, they might uncover all I don't sorts think, no, of. I don't think they're even looking at because that's not part of the that's not the scope of, of the investigation. Yeah. So they're not even they're they're not. And, and and it's another thing you got to think again. There's no federal crime alleged here. So you know what exactly is the FBI doing? I I, I got to the point, man, with all of this where I, I felt really ugly and I got upset with myself. You know, we were talking about how you, you get, you know, ratcheted up in this environment. I, I wanted uh, all of this to happen for all the wrong reasons. Like I was like, I felt like you did. I was like, you know what? 
just either go ahead and do the damn FBI investigation and then let them confirm him anyway, or pull him. Let's put Barrett in there. Let's lower the bar where things are. Just give them whatever they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 but I felt that way for all the wrong reasons, all the wrong reasons. Cause you wanted to see, see it burn down to the ground. I just wanted like, to see it burn down. I was yeah. like, okay, you know, screw it. Yeah. Let's play your game. You know what I mean? So, so I feel that, you know, go, like you said, does it in the, in the big picture, does it hurt anything to have the FBI take another look at it for another week? It doesn't. May it uncover something that's useful. May we find out, you know, may somebody crack under, you know, talking to the FBI. It's possible. I just got this feeling in my gut that this FBI investigation ain't nothing but another week's delay so that we can start this all over again next Thursday or Friday and say that, you know, a week's investigation wasn't long enough. You didn't widen the scope enough. It's never going to be good enough. And no matter what happens until that, that smoking gun happens, nothing else is going to change the fact that the Democrats are going to vote against and the Republicans <laughs> are going to vote for. You know, the only, the only shred of hope I have was the, the huge surprise, the shock that I got when Jeff Flake said, you know, I will vote to confirm, but yeah. I want the one week investigation. So, you know, if, if, if Flake can, can turn, maybe other folks can turn, you know, maybe, maybe I have I a shred of hope that, that no, I don't know, <laughs> that man. Someone, I don't even, I don't even know if it was a turn. I, I you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't know. Flake has, has he was, stood he was, up to Trump in his own way. Um, and he was he was cornered in the elevator. I'm sure you yeah, saw the video. Yeah, I saw he was cornered um, in the elevator. You know, it is it is very possible that that those people looked into his soul yeah. and he was touched and was like, "Wait a second, I have to do this." It's it is possible. Do you have and no hope at all? He's, he's retiring. I'm no. I'm just saying. I mean, well, and give me a, a shred. I saw people this morning. Uh, they're already arguing about Flake because Flake said if nothing comes out. He's going to vote to confirm, and they're like, see, Flake's a charlatan. No, man, I it's the way that things are in Washington right now, Democrat and Republican, I have no faith, no hope. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me uh, the other day was I, you know, so we didn't get into an argument, but I got into a discussion with somebody online, and that's basically what I was saying was that, you know, to me, I'm just kind of done with them both, you know, more or less what you had said. And, and false equivalency came up. <laughs> and and it's come up throughout this process you know and and it's actually over the last year and a half or two years you know this this it's a false equivalency the the republicans are so much worse than the democrats and the democrats you know they're they're trying they've got their problems but they're trying and you know sure enough if you talk to people you know republicans and stuff they say the same thing they say well the democrats are so terrible right the republicans are at least trying and stuff and no man no they are both just abject grease fires. They are. And you can sit there and talk about degrees and grades and stuff. I, I came up with an analogy in that online discussion, and I'm fairly proud of it. But to me, it's like saying you've got a cop that's going to shoot an innocent man and a cop that's going to plant evidence on one. Yeah, there's a, there's a degree of difference, and one is more dangerous today, sure. But neither of those two people need to be on the police force, right? Right. That's that's the ultimate end. And until we stop saying, well, hey, he's only planting evidence, we're, we're never going to get them both off the police force. Right. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you're going, well, he's only planting evidence. Yeah. We'll it, keep that. In, and it's it's a false dichotomy. It's yeah. not a, it's not a false equivalence. It's a false dichotomy. It's not yeah. either or. 
It doesn't have to be. Well, it's either or because we largely accept the narrative that, you know, voting independent is throwing your vote away. Right. So I guess in that within that narrative, uh, there is the dichotomy. If you don't vote Republican, then the Democrats win. If you don't vote Democrat, then the Republicans win. But if we reject that narrative as a whole, it's well, no longer that way. Okay, there's a case to be made in the meantime, right? I get that, like, I, I can't point you to somebody to go vote for tomorrow who is the solution, right? It, it doesn't exist. And it's going to take time for us to get to that point. It's going to take time to establish a third party or whatever. What I'm saying is, while understanding that you have to vote for what you think is the best of those two options right now, you're organizing efforts. You're donating money and stuff. Right. That stuff, you should never lose the fire for establishing that new choice. Right. You're you joining the conversation. You're supporting the people who are saying, yes, Obama is a grease fire. Yes, Hillary Clinton is a grease fire. Yeah. You know, you say, yes, I voted for her, but I agree with you that she's a grease fire. Otherwise, you're, you're co-signing the cop planning evidence, if yeah, you ask me. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it we... The only way it's ever going to change is if you stop feeling safe when your person gets in. Mm. Like even that person that you're going to go vote for when you make that option, you have to know in your head, they got to go. They're a part of the problem. Be honest with yourself and actually start working on it. You know, that's what everybody says. They say, oh, you know, I'd love to vote for a third party. A third party would be great. It would, it would fix all these problems and stuff. Well, how do you think it happens, Buster? You. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've got to call for it. You've got to get out there and help help it form. Nobody's going to do it for you. There's not going to be somebody who rides in like a white knight and just saves the day. Like Jeff Flake isn't going to turn around and all of a sudden realize that he has a soul. And like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just not going to happen. He got a shred of a soul, man. Hey, he's got a, I'll he's, give him, I'll give him a shred a of a soul. Of a soul. Yeah. Out. One out of 11 in that room. You know? <laughs> oh, come on, man. And you know, this, this, this whole thing is crazy because Jeff Flake is the one Republican who came across the aisle to say, like, let's do this investigation. And you got memes going around Facebook saying Jeff Flake is a rape apologist. You know, someone <laughs> created a series of memes with with all of their face, all the Republican senators faces. And, and they're literally sharing Jeff Flake is a rape apologist. Like, how how did we get here, man? This is the one guy you should be. You should be patting on the back and saying, good job, dude. Like, I don't care if you believe him, you know, whether it was legit or not or whatever reasons he's doing. Mm. No, he did what you wanted. You right. wanted the investigation. He called for it. And sure, some people say, oh, it's going to be a half-assed FBI investigation. You know, they neutered it and said only a week in this scope. But yeah. he came across the aisle where no one else would. You've got... Trump saying authorizing the investigation and people hating on Trump. Like what? Dude, this is what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. When, yeah. At what point is it good enough? And I, I think it really clearly illustrates there is not a point where it's good enough for a lot of people on the left. Uh, there's not there's that that point never comes until right. Trump's gone and Kavanaugh's out and they've got a Democrat Democratic nominee instead. They yeah. will always be at the edge of their seat fighting tooth and nail whatever comes their way, right. even if you give. And and I think that gives credence to to the, the Republicans' argument that if we let this happen, that they're just going to push more. You know, you give a yeah. mouse a cookie. Right. They're right. going to ask for a glass of milk, and they and they will. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes you got to give up the cookies. I don't know. I mean, I again, I, no, I think that's exactly what's going to happen, but let's not frame it like like it's we're talking about the Democrats asking for cookies. Let's be sure that we're very clear this goes all the way back to Harry Reid getting rid of the filibuster. Right. 
and and it's been give a mouse a cookie ever since. Merrick Garland seat, give a mouse a cookie. Uh, you know all this stuff, man. The the nuclear option, all that. It it just keeps going. It just it's more and more. Now we're gonna lower the bar on uh you know social or I'm sorry Supreme Court justice nominations and stuff like that. What it takes to derail them and stuff. And it's going to continue to happen until we put our foot down and say enough is enough. And I don't think any amount of getting wrapped up in this thing and calling Jeff Flake a rape apologist is going to, is going to solve that. If anything, like you said, he did something that was commendable and you should, you know, stand up and say, Hey, way to go. Jeff Flake. Now at the same time, I'm sticking by what I said. Jeff Flake's got to go. He he retired or whatever, but Jeff Flake's got to go. Pelosi's got to go. Feinstein's got to go. Grassley's got to go. Cruz has got to, they've all got to go eventually because it's just, there's, there's, you can't do nothing but wash your hands with what's sitting in Washington right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. So now here we are. Um, it's another Sunday. This episode's going to release on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. The FBI investigation is going to be done roughly when this when this thing uh, airs. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys as listeners are going to have all kinds of new information. I personally, I don't want to cover this again. So no. I, I don't think there's anything more we can say we'll find out what happens in the FBI investigation. I want you guys to search your souls and, and look closely at, at what's going on. Um, you know, believe Christine, if you want, believe Brett, if you want, I don't care. I, and personally, I will say before, before we, before we wrap this up, watching Brett say, uh, he did not commit that act. I felt like he was lying. Mm. If it was me on the committee, I'd deny him in a heartbeat, you know, but I don't think that matters um, because this isn't a criminal trial. I'm not on the jury, and I'm ref- I'm going to refuse to play this partisan game of oh I stand with the Democrats or oh I stand with the Republicans. Because frankly, it's it's tearing us apart. Yeah, it is. It's no, tearing think, us apart. I think like we were saying in last week's episode, it's this is beyond Kavanaugh. Too. The way everybody acted Friday is devastated as everyone felt. On Friday online, you could feel it, man, both sides. Everyone was unhappy with this and devastated. And and I did see people starting to get upset with both sides. You know what I'm saying? I also saw a lot of people doubling down. But this is this is bigger than Kavanaugh. And I, I don't think we need to specifically address Kavanaugh again going forward. Obviously, that's going to develop. Maybe someday we give you a little update about it or what we thought. But it, it doesn't matter because the bigger question, as has been the case on this show the whole time, is what's happening to us. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and with that, I think we are going to kick it to Beanzo, our fact checker extraordinaire, who hopefully has been listening this whole time and uh, procuring all of the ways that we messed up so he can rake us across the hot coals and love me uh, some Beanzo segment, make us even more uncomfortable than we already are. So, uh, Beanzo, why don't you take it away? First off, I'd like to announce a new chapter in the Sense and Theory podcast. I've been struck by the amount of negativity we've been exposed to as we've delved into the world of politics, and I just can't contribute to it any longer. Therefore, this segment will attempt to build you guys up as opposed to how I Be- usually... Beans, that's, that's the segment you did last week. Well, this is the show you did last week. As I was saying, this segment will attempt it's to... It's not bu- the same show, Beans. Section 2.8, one segment per episode. New episode... New segment. Oh, so you fellas didn't spend an hour saying we'll never know the truth. And 
What this woman went through is only a secondary concern compared to this divide thing you've been harping on for 40 episodes. I mean, I even got you doing the astrology thing again, Seth. <sighs> look, it's it's not that I think astrology is... Look, man, just do the segment. What the heck happened to that stuff you were talking about, like building us up and keeping it classy? You're right, buddy. My apologies. So, turns out boofing was originally just used to describe any sort of butt sex. But an Eiffel Tower theory is specifically a spit roast where the guys high beans, five. Beans, beans. All right, look, man, just forget it. Look, uh, since... You screwed uh, up I'll with her lawyers. No, no, no. I'll tell you. They weren't both recommended by Feinstein. No, no, no. You lost your chance. It's over. We're moving on. That fella's we, back to you. You you can't throw it back to me. I already took it back. What kind of big dick and bullshit Classy is that? theory. No, man. No, I, classy's ass. I'm tired of this shit, man. Every week he comes in here with his backhanded comments and his double dealing talking out the side of his mouth. Boom, 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 Sense and Theory Podcast is experiencing technical difficulties. Please wait and you will be returned to your regularly scheduled program. And we're back. Theory, man, you really didn't have to get so mad. Well, he, um, you know, I, 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 lost, I lost my cool. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't have flipped the table, but, but. God, I hate him. You know? <laughs> well, I'm glad we marked the podcast explicit. Oh, yeah. No one's uh, going to be surprised. Yeah. Sorry, children. Sorry. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, we had a lot of fun making today's episode. We actually hit the largest number of listeners we've ever had this week. Heck, uh, yes, we did. I think we got 500 listens, uh, maybe 490 unique listeners. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. really cool. No, it was awesome. It was, uh, it was great to see. Uh, we see some of you are still, you know, crawling through the back episodes too and catching up. And when you, when you make it to this point, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's kind of weird looking at the stats like that. You know, you're in different times almost. Yeah. You know? It's like a, like a time machine. Yeah. But you know, there is one thing, uh, that I wanted to ask you and that is how has social media been? You know, uh, social media has been pretty great. The, the, the group is doing really well. We've had a lot of really passionate discussions. Uh, sometimes it, it's on the verge of bubbling over. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see more people on the Twitter feed. I'd like to see, you know, more followers. We got like 800 and some followers. That's really cool. Um, I'd like to see them in the subreddit. That's r slash since in theory hey, podcast. Got it this time. Yeah, I'm right. my P's and Q's. I had something else I wanted to talk about uh, right before we went, though. Oh, yeah. What's what's that? Well, last week I talked about a new review on iTunes, mm -hmm. and uh, we got another new review on iTunes. Oh, cool. So I'm really, really stoked about that. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Well, I think that uh, that does us. Do you have anything else that you want to say? No, I'm good. All right. Taylor Swift! Hey folks, I'm Sense, one half of the Sense and Theory podcast. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening. Uh, it's your time and attention that makes this show worthwhile. Uh, we do the show for you and our listeners. Um, I'd ask you to leave a review, good or bad, on iTunes. Uh, come check us out on the various social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the links uh, in the description to the show. And uh, if you want to reach out with a comment, uh, joke, uh, funny anecdote, uh, you want to call me an idiot, uh, sensetheorypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks again, folks, and we'll see you next week.